again for listening to the Business of Fun podcast. I'm your host, Dave Wakeman. Today's episode is brought to you by my friends at Booking Protect, the global leaders in refund protection. Any listing, any sector, anywhere, Booking Protect has you covered. To find out how your organization can partner with Booking Protect to offer your customers a better buying experience, more customization for their purchases, peace of mind in their ticket buying habits, and you can create a new revenue stream for your organization, visit www.bookingprotect. Once again, that's www.bookingprotect.com. If you happen to be in Dallas for Intix, you can also find us. We will be on the trade show floor. You'll be able to find me, Kat Spencer, and Simon Mab. Simon will also be giving a talk about using consumer reviews to drive revenue for your organization all worth checking out so if you're going to be at intix and you want to say hello to us or meet up with us have a drink grab a coffee whatever send me an email put the subject line intix into it my email address is dave at davewakeman.com again booking protect the global leaders in refund protection hopefully we'll see you in dallas my guest today is a guy by the name of Danny Campbell. Danny is the Sports Information Director at Pacific University in Forest Grove, Illinois. Or Oregon, sorry. Illinois. Oregon. And Danny is a, um, has a great philosophy of professional development and coaching people through uh, their career development called that he is called Get Set. And I really wanted to have Danny on because... You know, we've been um, known each other over social media for a couple of years, and I think he tells a really interesting story. It's a one of um, personal responsibility, of personal development, of setting goals, achieving goals, of constant growth. And I thought that, um, you know, the way that he explains things it was really powerful. So we get into a lot of things about being strategic in your career. Uh, your career. We talk about, um, you know, the business of college sports. We talk about professional development, networking, building relationships. Um, we get into a whole lot of stuff, and it's a little bit different than the normal conversations that maybe I have on the podcast. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Danny Campbell from Pacific University in Forest Grove, Oregon. I want to welcome Danny Campbell to the Business Fun Podcast. Danny, how are you today? Very well. Appreciate being here. Oh, yeah. No, you were somebody I was very excited to talk to because I listened to you when you were on Troy Kirby's podcast. Um, I don't, don't remember the exact date you did it, but I thought it was a really great conversation because you talked about a lot, a few things that I'm really interested in, right, which is like team building, um, communications, and humans, right? And uh, so I want to start out by asking you a little bit about your philosophy as a communicator and as a marketer and as an SID, because I know that from talking to you a little bit back and forth, um, that you emphasize a lot the humanity of the athletes you're working with and the people you're working with. And, uh, you know, not to belabor a point that I make here on the podcast pretty regularly, that's something that I'm very fond of talking about too, because it's, I don't think it gets repeated enough. And I think if we didn't repeat it, if we repeated it constantly a hundred times a day, it would still not be enough is that it's always about people serving other people. So could you talk about a little bit about your philosophy about, you know, the humanity in the work you do? Yeah. And I'm in my 18th year of intercollegiate athletics and have spent most of that time in a role 
which, like you said, talked about in the sports information standpoint of college athletics here in the NCAA Division Three level currently at Pacific University and Forest Grove, Oregon. But before that, I've also had experiences on the Division One or Power Five, you know, and then Division Two levels. But then I also have gained additional appointment experiences working, including the Olympics. So seeing athletes compete at the highest level for their respective sport, all the way then, you know, going on the reverse side of the spectrum to athletes just coming, you know, out for sport for just participation's sake. But regardless of sport participation level, you know, achievement level for the individual, I've always tried to take what I was, you know, engaged with in an early part of my career. It's just the 360 aspect that I'm not as totally engrossed or encompassed with just what they're going to accomplish on the participation surface. But there's more to telling that story. The, the person running that race, there's more to that person. What brought that person to the start line? And, you know, obviously throughout my career, you know, I've had 17 rich years of experience, but also have had times where I've been away from the, the employment endeavor and learned a little bit more about myself and took that time to recharge, reset, and rest, you know, just, you know, set new standards and set new goals. And as you heard me say just now about the whole idea about being set, that, that ties into a personal philosophy that I have about just telling people to be set, be ready, be organized, and being prepared. And set is broken down into three, the three letters that make up the word set. S standing for strategic, having those short-term and long-term goals. But then also E, engaged. You know, engaging, it doesn't matter, you know, who the person is or who the other team is on the other on the sideline, you know, engaging in that relationship with all aspects of life from the director level to the student intern, you know, engaging with them, but also having to set those goals, you know, having to repivot my career twice, you know, with being outside of the realm of athletics. And then the last part of bringing that all together with teamwork, you know, obviously I tell everybody, there's no I and Danny, you know, there's, it's a we approach. It's, you know, as the author, John Gordon talks about the me over, you know, it's the we over me principles, you know, how I can work with my coaches, my student athletes, my athletic administrators, bringing that collectively to telling those stories of what brought John to the start line of our track meet or, you know, how does that tell the story? And then obviously I think that sometimes it involves it engaging with the newspaper or the television station. But when you're in a a media environment where that may not be told the story, knowing those as individuals, you know, that they know that, hey, the Danny as their sports information director is not, you know, looking for the scoreboard to dictate that working relationship as well as friendship. Yeah. And and the way you put it is very interesting because one of the things that I harp on, right. And I'm saying it about myself, um, even though I know there's other people who talk about this a lot, but I'll say I harp on it is the storytelling aspect of sports and the Mm -hmm. idea that um, a lot of times we do ourselves a disservice if we aren't focused on telling stories, you know, because one of the most powerful weapons that all of us have as human beings is our, is our storytelling capacity because it's the way that we've transferred information since the dawn of time the dawn of humanity. Right. Uh, and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, so I'm kind of curious about how, you know, what you look for in a compelling story, number one, but then how do you, you know, do you have some kind of framework around the way you tell stories that helps you make sure that they're engaging and that they kind of hit people in a way that will make them pay attention? Well, I, 
I first try to be transparent about my own personal story. I think that shows that openness or that vulnerability that, hey, I, I didn't end up in this chair as your, your sports information director just by chance or circumstance. It took having goal-oriented people. You know, I entered you know, college under adverse circumstances and had people approach me like, hey, what are you doing here? But then I had an accountability person that said, I'll stand behind you or stand beside you for every step of your, you know, towards your goals. You know, and I tell everybody that this person has been there for me in the highest of high times, but also in the lowest of low times. And I think that's what I think understanding that everybody has a story of that nature. It may not be as significant or, you know, magnified, but we all have a story that, you know, represents us, you know, if, you know, if it's our, it's our our families, our coaches, different people have been influenced and different people have their imprint you know, cross the paths of people and made them who they are and what they're about. And it's my job to work with them for that story to be comfortable and be told. But it's also something that, you know, there's stories that, you know, may have to unfold themselves as a person participates in sport. And I think that's what my role as the sports information director, yeah, I have a responsibility to communicate statistics or achievements and accomplishments, but I also feel the most reward in being able to tell the the 360 or the complete person. And that's something that came across, you know, was taught to me by my early mentors, but it also was instilled in me and with people, you know, that weren't like the coaches or the athletic directors. It was early mentors and role models in my life as well. And this idea of mentorship, right, which is, you know, has been really um, foundational in your career and mm-hmm. in the way you approach your job, that kind of ties into your get set principle. Am I correct? Correct. Um, and you know, which makes it really interesting because there's a lot, well, there's a lot of reasons it's interesting to me. It's, you know, number one, it's the idea that get set and the way you tell your story and sort of that personalized tell, uh, storytelling that you take on talks about, not just the ups, but the downs, right? And sometimes I think that's right. um, challenging for people, right? Because Correct. it's very, in, especially in the world today where social media, is, uh, um, I, I, I hate to say it, but it does all too often dominate what we perceive to be reality and uh, many of the conversations we have. So it becomes very difficult for people to understand, you know, either to recognize that everybody has their ups and their downs, their struggles and their accomplishments. And that um, we're all very reluctant to show the, the, the bad, but it's in as much, and some of us even are reluctant to show the good. Um, you know, so I guess the question I want to ask you is understanding the, the strength of this mentorship and the foundation that you have of, uh, you know, mentoring and building out personal stories um, through your Get Set program and through the work you do as a mentor, how do you convey those messages to others? You know, how do you help people see that telling a personal and a authentic story uh, includes both the good and the bad? You know, it's not a straight line, even. And I, I think that just comes from just having been around those kind of individuals that have that kind of like mindset, but also knowing that. Your, you know, what happens today should not define your tomorrow. You know, living for the moment, you know, seizing the opportunities that you do have. You know, I tell people that, yeah, I was a very ambitious young individual, but I never participated on sport, the sport level beyond the eighth grade level. So 
obviously my skill level could only take me so far, but it had to be the drive, the determination as our other athletes have, you know, but also being transparent that, Hey, in to achieve those goals, I had to, you know, nobody took me away from those other than, you know, personal roadblocks I established. It was, I had people that I call like, you know, not only do I use the term mentorship, but I would call it like personal cheerleaders, but people that are going to cheer for you in the high times, but also, like I said, that accountability for in the down times. And I think when people realize that that's a, part, a key component of the mentorship is that you're, you are that personal cheerleader. You're the one that's going to coach you up, that's going to teach, you know, give you the rah-rah when you need the rah-rah and when you need the, you know, the push or the encouragement. I think that's what, that's what continues to separate people. And that's one of the things behind the, the get set principle is that it, you know, it doesn't let you get complacent, but it also wants you to be comfortable. And I think that's when you're working with individuals in that kind of situation. You know, I've been very fortunate to doing this, you know, job in sports information, but I tell people, you know, it's not the rings or the number of wins. I don't, I don't have a win loss record. I keep as a, a sports information director. I would rather be more, you know, responsible for the, the lives that I've changed or the people that have influenced me. And I tell people it's, that's the reward I get every day. You know, I'm going to be there, you know, asking you how you did on a, a science test when you're still averaging 18 points a game on the basketball team. You know, I, I want you to understand that that's part of my relationship and my responsibility as the sports information director that I'm concerned about the 360 person. I, I want to ask, you know, how are things? And, you know, I, for my background, that was a struggle in my life when people would ask me, or I didn't have that in my life. I chose to bring that into my life and, you know, having that accountability, that responsibility to not only myself, but to those that are around me. I think that's when, you know, realizing being set, being strategic, having those short-term and long-term goals, engaging with my community, my mentors, the people I mentor myself, and then bringing that all together collectively for teamwork, I think that's that's the most important. That's, that's why I say it's set. You know, you're ready, you're organized, you're energized, and I think that's where it plays into that relationship I have with this job and my endeavors. Yeah, and let me ask you this because I think I think what you what you laid out here. I, I mean, I, I like it, right? I mean, obviously, if I'm having you on the podcast, um, but what I what you just said, I think, was interesting because you talked about number one, having people who are cheerleaders for you, both in the good times and the bad times, which I think is great, right? And I think you said another thing interesting. Tell me if I missed it or I got it wrong. Was like part of the reason that you have put such an emphasis on, you know, that aspect of the mentorship and and you know, your, your vision for get set is because you didn't always have that in your own life. Is that correct? Right. And I think when I had the, when those people entered my circle or entered my life, that's where I felt like that's when things started to change for me. But obviously it's an ongoing process. I don't think it's, you know, it may not have been, you know, it may have been there right before my eyes, but no one ever really explained it to me what that person was doing. Oh yeah. And I think that's the, and I think that's the, the, the change I'm making is I, I try to make it more of a, you know, hey, why is Danny always so energetic or why is he always smiling or, you know, the, the more visible presence of it and bringing that out to people. Like, so, it, you know, giving that compass or that, you know, sense of direction to people that, you know, yeah, hey, maybe that, that guy at the end of the hall that never talks to me, 
I didn't know he knew somebody that could help me with a vocation that I want to pursue or help me in my other endeavors. You know, they may have a, a skill set that I want to, you know, grow stronger in. That's that's why I say not really absent, but just, you know, how to, you know, identify those resources. And that's something that didn't happen to me until later in my life. And, you know, obviously now I'm at that middle stage of my life. And I, I, I kind of say I have, you know, I want to look forward, but I also want to make sure I haven't never, you know, I always have, you know, a sense of direction where I can look back on, on, Hey, that guy that was, you know, that guy that I used to work with, you know, 18 years ago, what's he doing, you know, engaging in that relationship. That's one thing that, you know, but also having someone shine that light on it, which I feel is my responsibility is very important. Oh, oh yeah. And I didn't ask, I wasn't saying that like in a like, bad way. I was, I was actually going to say that sort of, that same sort of idea that you either not recognizing it or not necessarily knowing how to ac- ass- assess those resources or just not having them available has kind of driven a lot of the stuff I do. Right. So I, you know, I, cause I will mm-hmm. spend a ton of time with uh, younger people who are starting out now. Um, you know, just because, you know, either I didn't know how to, ex- uh, you know, to have a mentor or I didn't have one, or I just didn't know that that was what was going on. So I try to, you know, I try mm-hmm. to be overt, um, maybe a little more just so that people can recognize, um, you know, that this is the help that you can have. Right. And it may, it may not come from me, but it could come from, you know, come, come from you, come from a lot of people, you know, and I think the, so I, I never really have, um, had anybody on, that's talked about it like that, you know, whereas like I recognizing that it was something that was really valuable and that was something that was extremely helpful drove you to do it. And, you know, and I wanted to highlight that because I think that's a really, you know, number one, I think it's great. And then number two, I think it's, it it probably help people draw awareness to the idea of mentorship and kind of, um, how do I want to say it? Um, you know, highlight that like just because you you know, you know maybe it's happened it has happened and you didn't recognize it or it is happening mm-hmm. and you don't recognize it. You know, because I think it's an interesting thing and I think it's sometimes tough for people to understand what it means or what it is or how it happens. Right, and like with my career, one of the things I've done is you know I've tried to I'm the guy that carries on a tradition my father did as well. He didn't forget about his you know high school classmates or his college classmates. You know, anybody like that I've crossed paths with, I try to keep some kind of level of communication. If it's through social media, through handwritten notes, through emails, you know, you know, earlier in my life, there was a time where I did like a Danny update. You know, I just felt like that was a way for me to bridge that communication to people. And now as those people have ascended to power five athletic directors or power five head football coaches, things like, or, you know, but they have not, they may think of, gosh, that was the guy that just answered the athletic director's phone or that, you know, we just made copies together. Well, now they're, you know, serving in the U S military, things like that. You know, if no job has ever been above me or below me, it's been all about fourteen and fostering, you know, those relationships. And that's something that not only do I need to be responsible for, but also educate people about, you know, having, like I tell my students, you don't find many people in sports information often that will high five somebody when they put something right on the scoreboard, but it's that step-by-step achievement for that person that, Hey, when they do something, even on a grander scale, that there's that much admiration for, but it's the culmination of that, that brings me the great joys and great successes of this profession as well as personally. 
Yeah, and and that's a really like the way you put it is very nice, right? Because I think one of the things that happens to a lot of us if we've been, been lucky enough to have been around and done anything at all is that we forget that what it's like to start out sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so when you talk about like high fiving somebody who got something right on the scoreboard, I mean, we all, I mean, I want to speak for myself. Again, I'll put this on me, but I'm sure you're probably going to say, oh, yeah, that's definitely it. How many, I can't tell you how many times I screwed up at a lot of stuff when I started out. I mean, I can't tell you how many sales calls I butchered, um, how many marketing campaigns I completely um, ruined. I can't, <laughs> I can't tell you even like, like um, when I would do stuff like, you know, on game day in an arena, uh, how many times I screwed up at stuff, right? Like, you know, I mean, big and small. And I think we forget that. And the fact that like you spend the time to recognize that is very powerful because sometimes it's like all this is is a little confirmation and a little bit of um, positive reinforcement that really spurs somebody on to the next step in their growth. Right. And I I think that's the, you know, the transition, like that's part of the reason why I work in the environment I do is that, you know, I'm working with, people that are in those early stages of their career journey. So they, you know, they can see the, the small goals as well as the larger goals. And it can help. I can work with them to, you know, celebrate the small achievements leading up to the bigger achievements. Yeah. And I, and I mean, again, I'm going to speak from my own experience, helping people understand how the smaller things build into the larger things is something that maybe doesn't get uh, reinforced or taught nearly as much, right? Because um, mm-hmm. in too many cases, we see, oh my God, you know, it's like, you know, you, we use any example, right? Like Nick Saban won the national championship at, at you know, at Alabama, but you, you know, but you don't see all the steps along the way, right? Like you didn't see all those, right. all those, you know, or, you know, like, you know, when I had American Express was my huge client, but I you know I saw all the failures <laughs> that I had along the way that led me to that, right? And so I think we 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 again, and maybe this is a social media challenge as well. We we think everything's fully formed when you know you see somebody has achieved something, they go, "Oh my God, it's fully formed." They're an overnight success, and then like you know, but you don't go, "Oh my God, it was like this," you know, day after day of trying something new. And not getting it exactly right that has built you up to this point where you're really, really successful. And I, and I really think that's a uh, something that we probably should highlight a lot more of is that kind of gradual building that it takes to get to become an expert, to become very good at something. Right. And I think that that's part of the sport culture that, you know, I think people, you know, were, like you said, the overnight sensation, they don't realize the like the number of attempts it took to to win that game or anything like that. Yeah. I think those are all relevant. Yeah. And and I I, kind of talked around it like that because I want to, one of the things I know that you talked about with get set, it was, you know, in the three stages of strategic engaged and teamwork um, is, but the strategic part, and you've, you've spoken a lot about goals and we've kind of gone back Mm -hmm. and forth about goals here. And I know that everybody has a, a specific way that they they teach goal setting or that they think about goal setting or that they were taught goal setting um you know and i think probably any of them work depending on the person right how how do you teach people about goal setting especially within the context of uh, getting set i think when you ask people to look at the other end of the spectrum where do you want to go from here where are you at today finding you know that Kind of learning how to go.
go from one end of the spectrum to from where you're at today to where do you see yourself, you know, over a course of time? And then what courses of action do you need to take to achieve that? That's what I call goal setting, you know. So, so if you're, you have aspirations of wanting to be a sports information director, okay, so there's multiple facets of a position. So what part of that job description or that occupation or that end result, what pieces make up that? So that's why I say it's a compilation of those short-term and long-term goals. You know, obviously, yes, sometimes it happens overnight, but I think in a lot of the goal setting, there's, you know, breaking it down to the smallest piece, you know, the smallest detail you can, you know, strive to achieve, you know, for people to be successful or to achieve a goal, there are a lot of pieces that make that up, not only with individuals, but also behaviors and actions. And I think learning how to teach people how to look at things from that small detail, but also keeping focus on that end result as well. Because if you're accomplishing a lot of those small things, you may not achieve that end result, but there will be a small achieve. Those small achievements will add up to something. If it's being a better writer, for example, in sports information or a better statistician or a better graphic designer, you're accomplishing something with those accomplishing those short-term or those smaller pieces that make that long-term goal still something that you can strive for or that achievement. And I think that's when I teach goal setting, that's what I try to explain is that's like when I talked earlier about like, that's what I was saying about, Hey, you start with getting the name right on the scoreboard. Then the next is putting the right information up there. And then behind that information is another layer. And then at the end, before you know it, then you've taught somebody how to run a scoreboard for a major sporting event. And then they get to do it to the next stage of level of athletic participation, possibly things like that, you know, breaking it down to those small pieces, but also those small pieces add up to that larger goal or objective that that individual wants to achieve. That's what I look at when I talk about goal setting to individuals. Yeah. And, and the way you describe it makes sense to me. And, and I, and I have, a, I have a question and I'm not, and I think the way you have sort of maybe, or I think probably the way you orient people towards goal setting eliminates some of this it's, but you know, it's like you think you said, think of where you're trying to get to and, you know, think of all the ways that all the actions and all the steps you need to take to get there. One of the challenges that a lot of us face when we're doing something like that, though, is how do we eliminate the the busy work from the important things? Um, and I think probably you are going down the path where you recognize or maybe are recognizing the essential tasks that you need to take that will create an impact even in a small way uh, towards your bigger goal as opposed to just doing stuff. Because I think sometimes we can all get bogged down in just doing what's simple or easy and it doesn't necessarily – maybe we get better at doing the easy stuff, but the easy stuff doesn't have any impact. Um, do you – you know, well, is that something you cover or is that something that you have an opinion on? Well, I, I wouldn't, I'd say it's more of an opinion, but I think – what I try to explain to them is that all pieces contribute to the larger piece, you know, but also with small reward comes, you know, or small accomplishment can lead to small rewards and the small, you know, like I think it's the, the greater sum equals the reward, you know, and I think the collective, you know, how you can help 
somehow you're helping somebody else in the process. That no task and no responsibility is above somebody or below somebody. We're all working on this collectively. You know, I tell my students, you're doing the exact same thing I'm doing. The only difference is my number of years of experience. So yeah, I may be able to do it a lot quicker, but I, you know, but we're doing the exact same task. You know, and I think that's the way I look at. You know, when I have worked with people on wanting to be in certain vocations or certain levels of achievement, I think that's where it's more of you know my opinion. You know, obviously the way I've accomplished things is different than the next person, and that's what they need to. You know, as you set your goals that you have to sometimes, you know, blaze your own path or create your own trail because everybody does achieve things at different speeds or levels. But at the end, we're both working towards, you know, goals that we have for each other. And I think understanding the person or the level of achievement, I think sometimes are similar, but then they're also, you know, different. And I think working in a, you know, in a sports environment, you know, understanding that everybody wants, like, for example, there's you know so many NFL teams competing for the Super Bowl, but every team is going to do something different. But at the end of the day, you know someone's going to win that last game. Well, what can we do differently, but also collectively to achieve that end result? And I think that's that's my opinion towards goal setting. You know, we all may have different ways of getting there, but we can also work collectively and work on those smaller pieces to achieve our our end result. No, that I mean that's that's. That's great. And one of the things which is, you know, I think the strategic is a very important because I think that um, it's uh, learning to think strategically is a s- skill that people probably need to focus on developing because it's not necessarily always um, a natural skill for a lot of people. In um, the second part of your of your your program and your 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 concept of being engaged is pretty. Um, self-explanatory, um, you know, is making sure you're present for people, making sure you're engaged, you're involved, and that like you're mm-hmm. a member of a team. Um, and, but the, I think the the third part, which is teamwork, is really in, in it's really interesting to me because one thing you said to me before we started recording was you talked about how each year, no matter if you have. Uh, is different, right? And even if you have the same people on the team, it's still a different team. And, and I found that concept very uh, intriguing because it's true, right? You you think about mm-hmm. uh, you watch a sport, you know, because at, at school you you even though you're not playing on the field, you're still a team, uh, you know. And we think about it a lot of times when we see a team come back to, um, you know, after they had a run at a championship or deep run in the playoffs, um, and they bring the same team back and they don't do as well, or you know, something similar, um, and then they don't do the same thing. Um, what is your philosophy of teamwork and how do you help make sure that the teams work together and that you have a, um, a healthy team structure, uh, you know, especially in situations where there's not a lot of t- a turnover on your team? Well, obviously it kind of goes back to that, those goals and laying into that foundation of knowing your goals is that accountability and responsibility. We are accountable, you know, to wanting to achieve them, but accountable to, you know, be, you know, being responsible to those small pieces, you know, everybody needs to know how to dot the I's and cross the T's for us to be successful. And, you know, if it's what I've done, you know, here recently in my professional life is being more transparent about what those are, you know, putting them out there visibly for somebody to see, 
you know, that they know what it takes for us to achieve that objective or that goal for the organization. Yes, we still have, you know, 200 plus sporting events, but we all have a piece to contribute to that puzzle. And obviously it may take four people to do just one task. And I think spelling that out and having that accountability and responsibility to both, you know, ourselves, our organization, and then obviously the goals of the organization, but also, you know, knowing the timelines and deadlines, you know, hey, the basketball game is still going to be on November 22nd at five o'clock. We can't change that. But what we can do is we can be accountable and responsible to one another as well as to our organization for us to be successful. And I think that accountability and responsibility makes that teamwork aspect very important. You know, that it, you know, we're not solely dependent on one individual or one person to do everything. We are cross-trained. We are engaged with on how to do each part of the task that, you know, it's not totally Luke's responsibility. It's everybody's responsibility or Danny's responsibility. You know, we're all engaged, but we're also holding each other accountable and responsible so we can, you know, communicate the effective information of our department. Even if, you know, but bringing the new person on board and training them up and self, you know, how did, you know, learning from how you learned how to do it, you know, what, what made it easier for you? You know, what would have made it easier if you had known this, you know, that ability of being, you know, you're not a leader by a title, but you're a leader by responsibility. And I think that's, that's especially important in my field of intercollegiate athletics is that, you know, yeah, we all have titles, but that doesn't define us. We're accountable and responsible our actions and our behaviors to achieve the goals that we set out to accomplish day in and day out. Yeah. And I think that's really what's fun about when you get a chance to work in sports or you get any, uh, a chance to work with a team that has any sort of deadline, right? Because almost by nature, you end up having to rely on people um, in a much more uh, genuine manner than you might in other professions, because the curtain is going to go up at at seven o'clock, right? The game is going to tip off at at five o'clock. You know the um, the puck's going to drop at three. You, there's you can't stop it. <laughs> there, you know, and, right. and if if one person isn't able to, you know, pull their you know pull pull the rabbit out of their hat, uh, somebody else is likely to step in because if one person fails, then the whole team fails, and it's you know really one of the pure forms of teamwork and. You know, and I think it really it adds um, a very valuable element to people's professional careers is having you know this, that sort of teamwork in a professional setting. And one thing I've you know I've always told you know when I've hired people to work for me, I try to explain to them that I don't expect everybody to come on board and wanting to be the next sports information director. But these skills, this relationship, this goal setting, this these principles are applicable to everything. You know, it's not a just a sports-only principle. It's a principle that applies to all courses of action. It's, yeah, people that have worked for me have gone on to be vice presidents of professional sports franchises, but I say that person is just as successful as the stay-at-home mother. You know, they are, you know, utilizing those same kind of actions and behaviors for them to be successful in that environment. You know, I put them in my personal hall of fame is what I, t- you know, I jokingly use the term, but, you know, I would put them on the same level of recognition. You know, I feel just as proud of the stay-at-home mother as I do the 
the vice president of a professional sports franchise because they've, you know, engaged and, you know, equipped themselves to be successful in those aspects of their life, you know, through these principles. No doubt. Being a parent is no joke. <laughs> um, and I, I think the, um, anybody who is a good parent definitely deserves to be in uh, your and my both uh, professional or personal hall of fame. Um, right. Yeah. And, and I, and I a hundred percent agree, agree that, you know, the get set principles apply to any role that you're taking on because mm-hmm. uh, in, no matter where, who you are or what you're doing, the idea of being prepared um, having goals and knowing where you want to go to, um, being engaged in the world around you and being a good teammate and being willing to be a part of a team. Uh, you know, those are things that may help me. I mean, if I don't think I'm speaking out of turn, if I say we need more of that in the world today, mm-hmm. not less of it. And I, so I think it's like really, really valuable skills and tools to give people. And, um, right. and that, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, and that's why I try to be transparent about it or active about it. You know, that it's not only what I engage with as an employee of Pacific University, but it also is through, you know, if it's social media or my interactions with others and individuals, there are people that I interact with that I do not know face to face, but I feel like that's the reason why I do it is that, that it, that's a model or a principle that I think, you know, translates regardless of, you know, lifestyle career choice, whatever. And I think that's personally, you know, it's the thing that motivates me every day. You know, if it can imprint or influence one person, I've, I've achieved what I feel like is my goal of, you know, having that as a, as a guiding principle to my life, you know, and I don't, you know, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, have a scoreboard for life, but I feel like that's where I, you know, I have the most victories. No, I, um, you know, I, I was going to say that I think that one of the things that you do, which is something that I hope if this is the only thing that gets through to the, to the people listening here, is that when you go out and you try to just have a positive impact on the world, um, even if it's a small impact, that small impact is like the butterfly effect. And it has a tremendous mm-hmm. um compounding effect on the world. And, you know, one of the, that's what I really like about what you're doing with, you know, the get with the get set principles um, and what you do as far as engaging people and sharing your story and helping people because it's, it's really positive and it's really focused on, you know, we can't do this alone. We need, a, you know, we need a group of people to be successful. And, and probably I'm, I'm speaking for myself here, but it's also just more fun <laughs> to, you know, mm-hmm. instead of being like dour and negative. It's like way more fun <laughs> is to have like a, a nice right. community around. Right. Yeah. And, th- and that's the, that's the, you know, like the reward I get, you know, as we are here around the holiday season that, you know, being able to check back in with that person. Oh, I didn't know that you'd achieve that you know accomplishment or that's, but on the flip side, that's also how I spend a component of my day as well. As I am, you know, checking to see how, you know, a mentee is doing towards a goal or someone in my professional life. Hey, just a little checkup on them because to achieve that accountability and responsibility or to achieve maybe their goals, maybe that initiates a conversation with that person to say, hey, Danny is asking me about this and that can open a door for somebody else or something else. And then obviously, connecting those dots, you know, allows more success to happen in our day-to-day life. And that's, you know, I was 
know, have a person in my life that was that person for me early in my life. And I feel like I'm an extension of that person, but also the influence of that person that, you know, he, he constantly, you know, it didn't matter the circumstance. He could always ask me how I'm doing or whatever. And he could, he was transparent enough and I was transparent enough that we could both see when things weren't going in the right direction. And I feel like that's just an extension of that person's influence in my day-to-day life. No, that that's, that's fantastic. And that's, um, you know, it's very, it's nice to hear because I think that's um, what we should all hope for if we have a mentor mm-hmm. or, you know, in the mentor mentee relationship is somebody who right. um, has the belief, you know, number one believes in you, right. Or as a, as a mentee mm-hmm. and then really has the courage and the willingness to make sure that like when things are going, not going well, that they're, you know, they're comfortable enough and they, you know, they understand you well enough that they can help you break out of, um, you know, either a bad habit or a negative situation before it becomes too much of a problem. But at the same time, mm-hmm. cheerleads for you when you're doing well, mm-hmm. you know, and, I, and exactly. I, think, I think that's fantastic. Um, uh, and, and I'm, you know, and I'm glad that I've had a chance to talk to you about this, you know, because I, you know, I see it in little bits and pieces all over social media, um, you know, and it, it's something that, you know, I really like to promote and highlight because I think it's, you know, something that's really valuable and it's something that we need to highlight a lot more of, especially, you know, um, you know, in these days where, you know, people don't necessarily feel like they have as much, maybe as much security in their job or, um, you know, where like the jobs are more competitive. So they're always feel like under some sort of pressure. I think examples like yours are just really powerful for people. So thank you. No problem. Yeah. I've enjoyed the conversation. No, thank you so much for doing that. Now, how, where can I point people to talk, um, to find you so they can find you on the internet? Like I, like I see you on the internet. Well, obviously, you know, if I don't have, you know, a webpage directed for get set or anything like that, but the most common social media tool I use is my Twitter account at Danny. And then my last name is spelled unique. Campbell is spelled K's and kangaroo. A's and apple. M is in Mary. B's and boy. E-L. Or, you you know, if you look up the hashtag get set, you're probably going to find a few tweets here and there. You know, I engage in quite a few Twitter chat conversations with people from different audiences, from, you know, entrepreneurs to human resources professionals to, you know, people in my arena of college sports or sports in general. And obviously, you know, I would be glad to engage with and follow and, you know, talk with more people more about this principle. You know, obviously it's still in like its foundational stages of, of, as a brand, but I think it's something that, you know, even if it de- never does become a brand, it, it, you know, people may know Nike as just do it. And that's, you know, that's where I look at get set. If you think of get set, you can think of the influence of the imprint that I've made, but also just what you can do for yourself. And that's why it's out there. Yeah. It's with a hashtag get set. It's a, it's just like, just do it. It's a nice reminder and a hook for people to mentally embrace um, the right mindset, I think. Um, So Danny, thank you so much for doing the podcast and um, I'll talk to you again soon. Okay. I appreciate it. Once again, I want to thank my guest, Danny Campbell from Pacific university for taking the time to be a guest on the business of fun. As always, you can find me out what I'm up to by visiting my website. It's www.davewakeman.com. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. 
Uh, follow me on Twitter at David Wakeman. If you have any questions, any ideas, any feedback, any concerns, you can email me. It's my name, Dave, at DaveWakeman.com. Also, if you're going to be at Intix in Dallas, I'd like to remind you that I will be there hanging out with my friends Kat and Simon from Booking Protect. And if you'd like to get together and meet with us in person, say hello, grab a drink, grab a cup of coffee or whatever, email me with the subject line Intix, uh, Dave at DaveWakeman.com, and we'll find some time to get together. As always, if you dig what I'm doing with the podcast, I'd love it if you'd subscribe and review the podcast. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all these things at this point. I was even in my car the other day, and I uh, found it on the uh, streaming in my car. It was awesome. Um, you know, all your support is very grateful. And finally, I want to thank Booking Protect, the global leaders in refund protection, for being a sponsor of the Business of Fun podcast. Any listing... Any sector, anywhere, Booking Protect has you covered with the global leader in refund protection, the most comprehensive refund protection product anywhere in the world. To find out how your organization can partner with Booking Protect to offer your customers a better buying experience, more peace of mind in their purchases, and create a new revenue stream for your organization, visit them at www.bookingprotect.com. Once again, that's www. .bookingprotect.com. And until next time, thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon. Take care.